Hello and welcome to your latest Liverpool Echo Blood Red podcast. I'm Neil Jones, standing in as host for the uh, absent Ian Doyle. And I'm delighted to say I'm joined by the two big hitters on the Echo Sports team. I'm joined by our full-time Liverpool reporter, home and away, James Pearce. And our full-time Liverpool editor, mainly home only, <laughs> Andy Kelly. I'm getting on a bit. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't really go on the road as much as, as, much as James. Um, but we've got plenty to get through. We've got, obviously, the... The disappointment of, of Saturday, hopefully the optimism of Tuesday, and also obviously transfers. And I think that's probably the best place to start because that's all people are talking about at the moment. Deadline days coming up tomorrow. Jim White's got his yellow tie dusted off. Um, and James is about to burst every bubble by telling us exactly what Liverpool are going to be up to on deadline day. Yeah, not an awful lot is the is the is the short answer. Um, no, I, I don't think there'll be any surprises. Um, you know, Klopp has been very consistent, hasn't he, all the way through the window. That um, it was, he would have there were certain targets he was, he was he would have liked to have brought in. Um, they weren't available. Um, you know, people will debate it and all and all the rest of it. He's adamant that the money was there. That he's got absolutely no issues in terms of the, the financial backing from the owners. But you know, the ones he wanted, he simply couldn't couldn't get those deals this month. So he's decided to sit tight for the. For the summer, personally, I think Liverpool needed at least one, if not two, new faces and not bringing those in and having them lined up at the start of the month has certainly cost them this month. But, um, you know, Klopp doesn't do panic buys or, you know, short-term options. It's you know, Nothing's going to happen in terms of incomings on deadline day and in terms of outgoings, obviously, the main one will be Mamadou Sacco. And, yeah. you know, the, I think what will be interesting on that is obviously Liverpool have been pretty adamant that was a twenty million pound price tag, and that they wanted a permanent deal. And you know, I think obviously the closer and closer it gets to to deadline, you imagine that you know without any offer anywhere near that on the table, whether they might end up having to just take a, a short term loan. Yeah, Andy, we we did a Facebook live on Sunday um, for our sins. We we got a fair bit of reaction, a fair bit of stick as well from people who who maybe don't believe necessarily. Some of the Egan Klopp statements about having the backing from the owners and having the, the funds there. Have we any reason to doubt the 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 authenticity of what Jürgen's saying? Not not from in terms of what we can expect from the manager, who's always been a straight talker since he arrived and, and through his career, straight talking has occasionally gotten into yeah. bother, hasn't it? <laughs> you know, bit, yeah. um, so <laughs> he's not one to pull his punches. Um, I understand the frustrations because I think most of us in this room would 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 share those frustrations with supporters in that you know we we want to go and uh, there's nothing better for us than to tell fans uh, about a new signing that's coming in. There's nothing better for us the excitement that goes with that, and and you know that spreads throughout the club and it could have delivered a sort of a positive mental boost I think for the players who were there as well as the, the hope that it could have brought some uh, you know positive stuff on the pitch as well so um, I think it was a mistake by Liverpool not having anyone um, lined up but the, but the horse has bolted and you know the, the, the damage has been done and you're on, what you can do now is exacerbate that damage by going and panicking and that's why if there isn't to be any incomings tomorrow it looks very unlikely that there will be at this stage I'm probably okay with that because Anyone you might get who might be plan B, C or D um, is the sort of one 
Klopp says money's available, but undoubtedly, and it's the way probably at you know, 99% of football clubs, a budget is will be there, but it'll be a certain budget. It's not going to be an unlimited budget. So if you go and waste, oh, we can get him in for 10 or 15 million. Well, I, I don't want three squad players at 15 million. Yeah. And I argued this all the way from the summer. Um, you know, don't go for quality and not quantity. And that's why... Um, you know, and we'll come on to him later on, no doubt, when we talk with Chelsea. But I wanted to break the bank to get Kante. Kante yeah. as you know, I, was, I thought we should have just blown the Chelsea off. Or and he, the water. He's proven you completely, uh, completely wrong, hasn't he? He's had no influence whatsoever, <laughs> no. Well, it's, it's, it was one of my better shouts on this pod, yeah, shall we absolutely. say. Um, you get one uh, a year. I get one a year, and I've had a few bad ones as well. But um, So, look, I'd rather, I am in the camp of, I'd rather they did nothing and see if they're part of the ones they really want in the summer now albeit I understand the frustration and share it. Yeah. That's interesting, Andy says that, that, the idea of quality over quantity, but is it not that Liverpool have been shown that they don't have enough quantity in the in the depth of the squad with Mane going, especially in terms of, you know, had had they maybe not bought a, a, a Wijnaldum and, and spent a bit extra on another forward, would, would that not have left them short in midfield? Is it a balancing act there in terms of that? Is it is it as easy to say... You want to just buy top-level players, but you have to look after the squad as well. Yeah, I think definitely the last month has shown the, the squad's not as deep as certainly Klopp thought and probably a lot of fans as well. Yeah, I, I think. Thought yeah, because I, I remember it wasn't that long ago. Was it probably September, October time? Writing pieces about the depth of the yeah, squad because it spares, spares with, yeah, a, with yeah. a B team. But yeah. you know, the, the the problem is there's so many players whose standards have slipped so far that you that you've had to reassess because you know the, you go back to. You know those those months in the autumn, and the bench looked so strong because yeah. you you know you had a Rigi coming on making a big impact. Yeah. Sturridge would come on and give you a good 15, 20 minutes or whatever. We were talking um, about how unfair it was that Danny Ings Danny hadn't been had yeah. his chance. Couldn't even get on the bench. Could no. he, couldn't even. So, it, so you know you, you kind of. But the problem is now, obviously, with a few injuries starting to bite um, over the last month month or so, and then so many players losing their way alarmingly. Like someone like a Rigi, who yeah. you know. He, he looked like he was going to have such a big season back in like November, and then you look him again again on the weekend. He just looks lost. And you just yeah. think, what has happened to him? You know, he's still young, and I'm sure he'll he'll come back strong again. But you know, na- now that that's been the big issue, the fact that you know that that team on Saturday, I must admit, it wasn't just with the benefit of hindsight. You were looking at it beforehand, and the alarm bells were ringing. Ten to be- one Wolves were to win that game. Yeah, just because you know it wasn't far off the team that struggled to beat League Two Plymouth in the last round. So you think. What right did they have to beat a championship team who won at Stoke in the last round? So yeah. it was, um, yeah, that's that's been the, the frustration. But you know, you, it's, yeah, it's too easy to just say they didn't do enough last summer because I think we were all probably hoodwinked into thinking, probably included, that the squad was, was stronger than it actually is. Yeah, uh, James said he, he would have liked one or two. I think we can guess where one of those positions would have been. It would have been in the Mane area, the the wide forward or the versatile forward. Anywhere else that you think Liverpool have it's been exposed that they're lacking centre half perhaps? Well, yeah, I mean centre back's an interesting one because they've got they've got they've got probably four, five, or maybe even six centre backs yeah. you could call them, couldn't you? You know, if you go through them. Um probably your first choice, everyone's first choice, Matip Lovren, then you then you move into Clavan, you've still got Lucas there. Um, you still got Joe Gomez, Sacco hanging on by his fingertips. So um, there is that's that depth of squad you're talking about, Jonesy. But none of those really at this stage. Joe Gomez, we hope will become it, but we saw on Saturday that he's not there yet. 
and primarily, you know, because of injury. But um, none of those other options, um, and I include Clavan in that. He's up and down. He has some good games, has some yeah. bad games, but he's not someone you want to be your first choice centre back. No matter what Klopp says when he came in, saying he'll surprise a few people. Um, we think of Matip and Lovren as the first choice. Um, Lovren can be up and down too. Uh, Matip had a had a poor game when he came back um, against um, Southampton, South wasn't it? That was a, yeah. a poor performance. So, um, but we don't really have any concerns about Matip's quality. But there is. A question about whether you go and um, James and I discussed it in here in a pod or in a debate in the paper certainly about whether you should break the bank and go and get um, Virgil Van Dijk and I was very much of the opinion that don't start it again. Uh, no, we're not. Uh, I mean, he's obviously out. What I mean, there's rumours he's out for three months or whatever. So it wouldn't have been. It would have been typical Liverpool's lot. Terrible to, business by you, though. No, terrible. It would have been just our lot to finally go and you know. Break the bank. Yeah. Don't get a, a you know, in the, to coin a bad American phrase, a franchise centre back, and um, um, I'd, get, I'd get a ding for that on the fighting talk, wouldn't I? Um, yeah. And you might be and, asked to leave here. And he'd, to, <laughs> and he'd uh, for him to be straight away injured. But I, I, I feel a dominant centre back uh, to to come in to put pressure on. Uh, and to add overall quality to the squad is, is much needed. The rest of the squad's difficult, you see, because um, you might say, well, we've got no one who's scoring any goals at the moment. Strangely, we're the Premier League's top scorers. But you looked at the team on Saturday and thought, where's the goals going to come from? Because your perception of that team changes in terms of the form they're in. Yeah. So, you know, you look at... Firmino was probably the, the one where you thought, yeah, we, we could get, get goals, but... Um, you know, you're not really fancying many goals off Wijnaldum at the moment. Divock Origi, who was scored, what was it, five games on the trot at one stage yeah, of the season, yeah. Piercy. You're just not fan. He, he got one uh, in the end up from a couple of yards out, but you're not really fancying him to to be a, a you know really lively threat to Wolves, and so it proved. And young Ben Woodburn, of course, you know he's finding his way in his career. He's Liverpool's best player on on the day, so no criticism of him. But he's still in a position where. Um, he needs for him to have an impact. He needs everyone around him to be at a certain level. Yeah. I don't think he's at an impact where he can grab a game like maybe a Michael Owen could at at, at, at eighteen or whatever yeah. and terrify a defence because he doesn't have those physical attributes that Owen had of, of sheer pace. So um, it is interesting, uh, you know, where, what positions you would what want to strengthen. And um, but for me, um, you know, wide width with with pace. And centre back are the two that scream out. Yeah, James, you've been up to see Jurgen Klopp today. Um, from the outside looking, I haven't, I haven't had the chance to, to to be at one of his press conferences for a couple of weeks. I sense a bit of frustration in, in in Klopp in terms of I think he's a little bit taken aback maybe by how quickly the tide has turned a little bit in terms of some of the press coverage and some of the the fan reaction to that. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, I think he's been stung by it. Yeah, certainly by I think what he feels almost like the, the positivity that had taken so long, you know, that had been built up over such a long period that it, I think he's been surprised just how quickly yeah. it's, it's just completely disappeared. And, you know, I think it, it will have stung him, you know, those those boos that echoed around Anfield, especially at half-time on the weekend. And, you know, I think the, the late goal from Origi and, a, you know, a bit of a lively finish kind of probably saved another bout of, of boos at full-time. But, um, no, I mean, it was... Melbourne today, he was... He was Desperately trying to, you know, keep morale up, and you know, and to said that, you know, 
say it's a certain, the same thing to the players that you know, desperate to, to to try and stay positive and you know I think that was the message he, he wants to get across to the fans as well that you know that he, he does you know he doesn't he doesn't want people to think that everything has unraveled because he, he's absolutely adamant it hasn't you know yeah. he said he, you know he can understand why people feel like it at the moment because Liverpool have just lost three home games in the space of a week but you know it, it was interesting what he said because he said you know the season is not over this is now not the time to be judging players it's not the time to be sifting over through, over all the mistakes that we've made because he said you know we we can still finish in in one of the Champions League spots and he you know his his quote which I think people will debate was you know he said you know are we not allowed to celebrate if we finish four yeah. you know you um Arsene Wenger Arsene yeah, Wenger yeah. Um, and you know some people would say that would be an underwhelming you know season considering where Liverpool were top of the Premier League 10 weeks ago um and still in both cups but you know I think you know, he's, he's he's got a point hasn't he because yeah. you know the the primary objective at the start of the season was Champions League um and you know that that target is still a, re- a realistic one for Liverpool, but only if they snap out of this quickly. Because yeah. it is worrying at the moment. There's no getting away from it. Anyway, it was, that was that was as bad as I've seen for a long, long time on Saturday. And, yeah. I, and I know it was a much changed. It was much, much worse than Wednesday. At least the second half against Southampton, there were some kind of redeeming features to the performance, and they did actually get going in that second half without creating a stack load of chances against a very good Southampton team. But that was Wolves made six changes themselves on the weekend, yeah. and it it was Conor Cody playing right back, and, you know. and, he, and he you know he completely outshone Moreno, and it was it was just it was absolutely painful to watch. Yeah. It re- it really was, and it was it was a humiliating defeat, and you know it's it, it is it is worrying at the moment. You know I I use the word crisis in my stuff, and people some people probably say that maybe a little bit too premature, but you know it it does feel like that at the moment. Um, you know. Absolutely, no, no doubt that Klopp is the right man to to turn it around, and I'm sure he will do. But this is certainly the biggest challenge he's faced since he's since he's been been in the club. Yeah, and the, you wrote a piece on Sunday about Klopp's team selection for that game, and you made the point that unfortunately the position Liverpool are in now, they have to take that kind of gamble because the importance of finishing in the top four is so great for the future. Went against Gary Lineker's thing; he wasn't particularly happy about it. Now. I was speaking to. He was very rude, in fact. He was quite, yeah, he was, he was quite blunt, wasn't he? The assessment of it, yeah. He, he, he declined our offer to uh, to discuss it a bit further. But I want to bring you back to a point of of, of Ian Doyle made, and far be it for me to agree with Doyle, but he, he, it was certainly a relevant point. He made the point of Brendan Rodgers' Liverpool decision. One of one of the ones that he was sort of chastised for the most was making a series of changes for the game with one eye on a league game against Chelsea in, in the Bernabeu. And he, he left out, I think he, I think he left out 10 players, I think, yeah. and lost the game, then lost to Chelsea. Does this put extra pressure on Liverpool against Chelsea, if if there could be extra pressure on a game like this? Um, maybe it does. I mean, I made the, it's the very same point as in, is in my piece yesterday. Um, I thought he's got it Yeah, he's probably ripped it off. Um, <laughs> but, um, and, you know, Brendan Rodgers never, never really got over... Uh, that it it was it it was what it said it was about Liverpool. Flag, it? It, was, it was the white flag, and Liverpool fans never forgave him for it. 
I mean, I was in Madrid that time. The team that actually took to the pitch did reasonably well yeah. and uh, only lost 1-0, didn't we? 1-0. Yeah. But, but, but to be 1-0, yeah. it was sort of... The equivalent. I think Real Madrid did leave a half-time and sort of... They just, declared. Yeah, they, they absolutely, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, we, we won't go back over that, to be fair. But um, in terms of, of, of the pressure that puts on to Chelsea, well, it, I don't... I think it does put a little bit extra on Klopp if they were to go and have a terrible result tomorrow night. But the the reality is that they, they, they can't afford that result anyway, whatever team he'd yeah. put out against Wolves. I mean, we talk about Champions League, and Piercy, some people might think that's underwhelming. Believe me, in a couple of weeks, if things don't go well, and Liverpool slip to sixth, and you've got Man City, who's just the, the one team in the top six who've strengthened with um, yeah. Jesus arriving, he looks a hell of a player. And, and United, who uh, whose squad is finally starting to flex their muscles a little bit, you know they they could they you know the worst case scenario is they both could pass Liverpool. Liverpool are stuck in sick and battling to try and get into those top four. And at that stage, top four you'd bite anyone's hand off. Yeah. So let's let's not look a gift horse now. If, if anyone gave me fourth now, I'd uh, this month has been so bad that yeah. you know I've gone from you know thinking Liverpool w- would be clear at Christmas to look I'll. I'll take forth because the prospect of missing out is so damaging for the club. Because, and the point I was making in the piece yesterday is, if if we're to get to a situation where the squad depth is such that he can rotate and bring in players into an FA Cup tie who will seal through a game at home against Wolves, no matter what, because that depth is there in the squad. And we thought we had depth. And this is where, I mean, Gary Lineker's point was that Jurgen Klopp had disrespected the FA Cup and he didn't understand the strength of English football. I mean, Gary said I was talking absolute nonsense in in my response, but um, you know, I think a lot of what Gary says in uh, on Twitter is fantastic, but the reason I don't agree with him this is the facts are just he's just missing the facts. Um, you know, Klopp got taken to replay by Exeter and Plymouth, two divisions below Wolves. He knows the strength. His best mate is David Wagner who is a championship manager, yeah. and they talk every day. Yeah. Does he? Does he think he doesn't understand the strength of those, uh, of those teams? Um, you know, he he understands, but he he also understood that if he's to give Liverpool this enormous boost that beating Chelsea would, and to throw them seven points behind, and look, you know, Liverpool don't look like a side capable of going on a run that could put them back into yeah. a title thing. But you don't want to throw the potential of it away altogether and you know the the Chelsea game is just sad to say for the FA Cup the Chelsea game is more important but the other key point but the about BBC the, don't have the Chelsea game you see live, yeah. so well, <laughs> does, but, that, does that make a difference but you go through and what he also failed to do and he also failed to mention about the load of the other sides who changed yeah. their teams and you look at the Liverpool team and let's go through it. Loris Carriers, German under-21 international. Wijnaldum, Dutch international. Firmino, Brazilian international. Joe Gomez, England under-21. Clavan, Estonian captain, about 100 caps. Yeah. Moreno, Spanish international, albeit three. Lucas was a Brazilian international, obviously hasn't been for a few years. Origi, Belgian international. Ajaria, up-and-coming England under-20. Randall, I don't think any international stuff. Woodburn, uh, Welsh under-21s. And the players who came off the bench, Philippe Coutinho, First choice for Brazil these days. Daniel Sturridge, probably England's first or second choice striker, depending on where Harry Kane is. And Emre Chan, a German international. Now, are you telling me that's a team that 
Jurgen Klopp is not entitled to think and go and beat Wolves. The problem here is that and Wolves made changes, as James Wolves said, made, and Wolves played disrespected the, the strength of uh, English football. Yeah, and you know they had some they had some terrific players on on the pitch, and we were all really impressed with Hel Helder Costa, and there was yeah. you know a couple of senior member of the pre, uh, the press box. Um, who who were wondering whether um, you know let's have a look at this kid you yeah, know for the ones just signed for, them, for, they think for thirteen million pounds yeah in the I mean he's a very he's a very good player and but the game was probably played to suit him in that he had loads of space to go and run into with his pace because of the the way Liverpool set up and they set up now you put Costa into Liverpool side with a load of players behind the ball and it might be a lot more difficult for him so um, that that's the reason I think that. That, that Lineker was wrong. Klopp was fully aware of, of the potential for that team to get beat, but he was also fully entitled to think it could go and do a job. I don't yeah. think he was disrespecting it, but I think he still picked the wrong team. Yeah. I think he made too many changes. I yeah. don't think. I don't think. I, I don't. I, I didn't look at that. I know you go through it and they, a lot of them are internationals, but how many of them are actually. Did you have great faith in walking out there on the weekend? You know, the, the two fullbacks, you know, I'm not even sure they'd, they'd get in most championship teams. <laughs> That's a big call. A big call. Well, Conor Randall, we may we may see very soon whether he can get into the championship well, yeah, team. I, think, one I, I, I just think there was two. It was two. I think you know he he said on Friday there certainly won't be ten changes or something, and then he made nine. Well, yeah. he was telling the truth. <laughs> it's, 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 one thing the is he's not a liar. But I don't think he wasn't disrespecting the FA Cup. Yeah, I was only saying he knew he knew the gamble he was taking. Yeah, and, and that faith he had in that team was not repaid because well, so many of them were exactly miles off. And as Andy said yesterday. Manchester United took their goalkeeper off with ten minutes to go because he was four 0 up or three 0 up against Wigan. They, that that to me is is more in line with the idea of disrespect or the idea of complacency or anything. Tottenham made I think it was ten changes. I think they had Dyer, I think might have been the only one who survived, and then they had to, they had to bring Ali off the bench because he would they ended up two 0 down. Southampton made loads of changes. A, a, a mid middle of the the league Premier League team. One of the reasons. Some people now love the EFL League Cup. Let's call it the League Cup. One of the reasons a lot of people now love the League Cup is it's an opportunity to see some of the yeah. Premier League youngsters coming through. Uh, creates fantastic excitement in the ground. We saw what happened when Woodburn scored for Liverpool against uh, Leeds, um, and it can be a. You know, what, what happens if Klopp puts out that side and Woodburn gets two uh, for Liverpool on Saturday? It'd be a fantastic. Um, story that would be the narrative of the game. You know, Klopp bloods more Liverpool youngsters in stunning triumph. That was your headline, and you know these people, these these you know people should have to put put in the box, you know what their thoughts are before the game. You know, James and I generally go on um, on video at Anfield before a home game and say what we think of the team, and you know we certainly. Um, voice some reservations on Saturday about the team that was there but I think we also hoped that it was good enough to go and get the job done yeah. and um, I just think there's a lot of sort of post-fact analysis done in terms of oh this is what's happened so this is yeah. this is what I'm going to write and you know I think the team was James uh, I slightly disagree I think the team was perfectly good enough and well enough selected to go and do the job. The problem is, so many of them, and that goes for the senior players, be interesting. My feeling is he could have played the Liverpool first team against Wolves at the moment, and I wouldn't have been much more confident they'd have got a result, because there's so so many of them are out of form, and that's yeah. that's the worry going into tomorrow. Well, like two penny, it comes down to, to money, doesn't it? And it comes down to the financial 
financial sort of incentives that are there for not just teams in the Premier League. You look at Newcastle and Brighton, the top two in the Championship, both yeah. went out with ten changes, nine, nine or ten changes leads. You know, put a reserve team out against Sutton. It, it's it's not worth their while to to risk promotion or staying in the Premier League or Champions League football to win the FA Cup. As sad as that might sound to some yeah. traditionalists, the teams the teams we should criticise for changing their teams are those ones in the middle yeah. of the Premier All League. The f- um, yeah. Everton have done it in at times, haven't yeah. they? Uh, this I don't want to speak for Everton fans, but I'm sure you know I've heard round our office fury among some of the yeah. Everton supporting um, people here who who are annoyed that you know they they don't think they're going to get into the Champions League. They've got no chance of going down. They're a good side. Go and win a cup and break that. Yeah. You know, long yeah. twenty two years or whatever it is now twenty one or so this year. Yeah, so. Those are the teams we should criticise because they should be going all out to get a trophy. Yeah, fair dues, fair dues. Should we move on then to the Chelsea game specifically? Um, Mane, we'll start with Mane. Um, Jürgen Klopp says he wants to look into his eyes like De- <laughs> like Darren Brown and and see what he can uh, what he can see. Me and Andy had a, a, a debate about this on on Sunday. Different viewpoints on it. I say I say start and uh, Andy says no. I, we earned our money Sunday, didn't we? We did. We did. John Aldridge, I've just spoken to for his column, is in my camp. He says he says starting. Um, where do you stand on it? I think that probably probably bench. Bench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only because I think, especially with the delay in getting him back, I think if he if they'd got him back on Sunday, and he'd and he'd been at Melwood to train on Monday, then I'd be tempted to have thrown him straight back in. But I think you know the way Klopp was talking. Was that you know he, he basically arrives back in those sort of Monday night, yeah. so you know he'll see him at Melbourne on Tuesday, you know after that travelling and and you know that obviously 120 minutes yeah. on Saturday night and the heartache of the way it finished with him missing the penalty. Um, I imagine I imagine bench would be would be probably the and I just think even having him there would just give everyone uh, a, a lift. That was Andy's he's point, wasn't so it? Was the missed. idea of. George announcing after an hour, nil-nil, maybe or one-one. That, yeah. that now here comes number nineteen, Sadio Mane. And I think I think that would be brilliant for the crowd because it gives them an opportunity to show their support for a player they've got very fond of very quickly, haven't they? I think it's unbelievable for the player who he'll be absolutely devastated to yeah. have missed that penalty for Senegal. And Klopp mentioned today that you know he was not there, um, and I don't I actually don't think he's been disingenuous here. But, you know, all of us connect with Liverpool would have want Mane back in the team as quickly as possible. He's been great. But I'm sure Klopp wasn't there thinking, I hope he misses this penalty and has a terrible experience. No, yeah, uh, absolutely not. He so, just a gay to miss it. Yeah, probably. exactly. <laughs> so um, it, it would be fantastic for Mane to be able to come to that touchline, Klopp's arm round his shoulder, and Klopp going, off you go, son. Yeah. And Anfield giving him the warmest of welcomes. And I, I think, you know, as, as the, the drama queen in me um, <laughs> suggests... That would be fantastic. Now there was people on t- respond on Twitter and other social media to to me yesterday suggesting, well, what what's wrong with him going and um, taking a bow at two 0 Liverpool at sixty yeah. minutes and going and sitting down? Or, uh, or what about the guy who said that? Yeah, bring him on, no problem. Uh, it's the fourth minute too early. <laughs> yeah, that was that was in fact uh, Ken Skupski yeah, or tennis, a t- tennis, tennis star, yeah, <laughs> who, who suggested, yeah, bring him on fourth minute. Okay, so um, <laughs> that would be a controversial it was, move. It would be so, um, but. I don't think there's a right answer, but whenever he appears or for whatever period on, I hope he lets he gets some of that frustration and disappointment he no doubt feels 
um, out in his in his legs and just you know runs him ragged. Yeah. James and I were at Stamford Bridge and I think that was the first time I heard the Mane Mane song. It was been sung for a good good while after the final whistle and in a few of the uh, water and holes in London as well. What about the rest of the team then? If say let's say Mane is on the bench as you 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 suggest he, he should be or he might be. What do Liverpool do? Do they do they take a punt again on Origi or Sturridge or do they go a bit more solid and look to look to just try and hold yeah. for a bit? I think that's the toss up, isn't it? Because you think obviously the, you know the back four picks itself. I think by the sound of it, with Klein struggling, Alexander Arnold at right back, obviously Milner on the left, and then you know Lovren and Matip. Um, I think it's one dilemma. If, if we say Mane is on the bench, is does he play Wijnaldum or does he play Sturridge? And, yeah. and then obviously that has an impact on them. Where you use Lalana, I'd be tempted to to go a bit more pragmatic and and just try and be be tight. And because yeah. you know, similar to you know, that, I know people have, have maligned that midfield three of of Henderson, Channel, and Aldum as not being creative enough and all the rest of it. But you know, it, it worked well at Old Trafford. And I, you know, these are the games that it, yeah. it, it comes well, into yeah. so Ka- I think. Carragher said, didn't he? Carragher said you can't play Chan and Henderson except against Arsenal, Manchester United, or yeah. Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that he, not that he decides the rule, but you know, he, <laughs> that was his his. Thoughts. So that would, yeah, that would be that would be the way I would go, and I think I'd imagine that Klopp will go, and then obviously that means Alana is one of the front three with yeah. Coutinho and Firmino. Because um, Stamford Bridge, Firmino missed out in the storage played, and I think Chan was on the bench, wasn't he? Came on. Lucas came on as well. Yeah, I mean, Chan was at that point in the season when he hadn't really got yeah. going. And he sort of, some people, injury, I think, yeah, injury. people would argue he's back to the to that point. Um, but I would say to Emery Chan, I'm with James. You go with that solid three. The reason I really want that is because I think, you know, Trent Alexander Arnold has got a massive task on his hands yeah. there with Hazard, um, Hazard uh, back to being. So who is doing? And gets forward Good really well, doesn't he? So I think Trent needs support in that position. Uh, and I'd say to Emre Chan, look, go out there and run like a mad thing for an hour and give us everything you've got. Be all over the pitch. Um, help out in cover in particular. And and then after an hour, you unleash Mane and you can bring Lalana back into back into the midfield because he'd start in the, in the front three with Coutinho and... Um, and Firmino for me, and even though I prefer Lalana where he'd end up in the game, where he's been best this season in in the midfield, uh, I think in a, in a Chelsea game, solidity, particularly given our form, um, if we were in a great trot, I'd say go and blitz him yeah. for an hour and have the game won and take Mane off. But we're not in that sort of form. Yeah, I think, so, I think as well, you, you know, looking at positives if you like, but. Chelsea play three at the back, so Lallana playing in the front, pressing from there, suggests he could be potentially pressing behind the wing-back and sort of maybe disrupting a little bit of that. So I think there's, there's something to be said for it. I, My personal, I'd still start Mane to try and keep the likes of Hazard from getting the ball and keep Alonso put, push back and that kind of thing. But, well, I'm not the manager. It is a big... You know, Jurgen Klopp will be open to criticism, whatever he does, yeah. and will be also open to being healed, making the right decision, whatever he does, and ultimately it'll come down to how it, you know, yeah. pans out on, on the pitch. I, I think it's a good game for Liverpool to have yeah. in the current situation, which might sound strange in a way, obviously, because it's the toughest one you could have this week. But 
you know, I, I just think if it was, I don't know, say for argument's sake, Watford coming to Anfield or something tomorrow night, yeah. the atmosphere would be horrendous. Everyone would still be on a massive downer after the weekend. I think it would be flat. The performance would probably be flat as well. But I think they're, they're, it will trigger something, just the fact that it's Chelsea. And, you know, the, the atmosphere, which, you know, ha- hasn't been great the last few games, will be transformed. It, you, know, it, it, you know, Anfield under the lights, it will be, it'll be so different a place to to the mood, the sombre mood of, of the weekend. The fans will be up for it. And I think, you know, just the intensity of, of the atmosphere as well will have an impact on the tempo of the game. I think, I think I just, it, although, you know, although Liverpool are going into it in horrendous form, I, I, I just think this is actually a really good game for them to have at the moment. Yeah. There's a question then for you. Is a point a good result for Liverpool tomorrow night? Yes. James Sayer says yes. No. No, I don't think it is for me because um, you look, you're you losing another two in, forget Chelsea, it's, it's another two rivals, go, yeah. against five rivals and, and, and in that top four fight. Uh, also, we've been to Chelsea and beaten them, albeit both teams were in, in sort of different times in their season there significantly, but there's no old um, betting stats around somewhere which... It, don't know off the top of my head, and they change all the time. But certainly, that um, if you've if if you've been to somebody else's ground and beaten them, um, the chances of them coming to your ground and beating you are significantly reduced. Yeah. So um, you know the stats um, should favour Liverpool in terms of um, of Chelsea having to turn that around, having already lost to Liverpool on their own ground. To, could Liverpool's go and try and overturn that? No. You can't compare the Chelsea and Allen. You, 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 you can't compare. You can't compare, but um, I'm going to take some heart from that stat and hope yeah. that this is a game. I think there'll be goals in the game. Liverpool top scorers in the Premier League. <laughs> Sticking it um, down the line no, again. No, but you know, we haven't seen many goals at, uh, 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 you know, at Anfield. Liverpool haven't really looked like scoring very many recently. I think actually Liverpool will definitely get on the score sheet tomorrow. Um, and you know Chelsea are the third top scorers in the league. Liverpool are the top scorers in the league. I, I can foresee, you know, a two-one. Hopefully for Liverpool, a two-all at worst. I can see yeah. that sort of number of goals. That's good positivity. And then you know what will come next, don't you? I mean, what, if Liverpool get a good result on Tuesday, they will definitely lose at Hull on Saturday. <laughs> it's almost if it's if, almost nailed on. If Liverpool lose at Hull, a team who have in phrase we used earlier, effectively declared, haven't they, in, in, yeah. in Premier League terms. They've they've sold though Robertson's gone today, the left back so has Snodgrass is gone. Uh, Snodgrass is gone. Livermore's gone. This is a they've all uh, well if if we're gonna go there and be scared of Nias, then <laughs> we don't deserve to be anywhere near. <laughs> they haven't near. even got Lazar <laughs> to provide the bullets either. They haven't even got Lazar. No. He can't play against Liverpool. But Jurgen was course. keen to let him by the, by the way it looked. But uh, no, I mean I wouldn't, for once, I'm actually, I think if we did get that boost against Chelsea, I, I genuinely could see us following up at Hull. And that would be interesting, um, yeah. because, and everyone... Chelsea's next game is Arsenal. Chelsea's Arsenal, they're home to Arsenal, and that, that's not a result that's tended to go no, very well for Arsenal won't have Wenger on the touchline, so that, that might and well play into their hands. Arsenal absolutely destroyed Chelsea earlier in the season, yeah. didn't they? And that was when... We'd all given up on Chelsea and look yeah, at the that, run they that, went on that afterwards. Was the game after Liverpool, I think, as well, wasn't it? Yeah. So um, yeah, it's 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 a big couple of Premier League uh, games, and 
we'll see how we come out of them. But um, I'm with James. I go into tomorrow night um, with real hope in my heart, as they say. So, James, just, I'm setting you up here to end us on a positive note. Has it broken you yet, football? Are you still, are you still got that spring in your step when you're walking uh, up Stanley Park? Yeah. It, <laughs> <laughs> it's just been a bad month, hasn't it? It yeah. just feels like a month where anything that could have gone wrong pretty much has. Um, but, no, I think that, that's why this, this Chelsea game does does feel you know, such a huge game just in the context of the season as well because you know, it doesn't suddenly make everything fine that's gone wrong in the last month that Liverpool beat Chelsea. But if they beat Chelsea and, and you know get moved back to within seven points of them, you know they they cement that place in the top four. You know it it just gives everyone a bit of breathing space. It just you know lifts that cloud of doom and gloom that's that's descended over the last few weeks. You know the other side of it is another setback. You know a, a fourth successive home defeat is unthinkable because you can find yourself. Yeah, it's you know and then you find yourself you know what Chelsea be thirteen points clear. Well, that's completely insurmountable. With other results as well, could be outside the top four. So it is a, it's a huge night, and I think, from my point of view, what I'm desperate to see is Liverpool play with a, just, just try and get back some of that kind of boldness and bravery to their play when they attack. Because the last few games at home, you know, the faces have been different going forward, but it's been the same, you know, just ever taking the easy option and and you know, knocking it sideways, and just no one. That's why it did remind me of the last few months under Rodgers on Saturday. Just. Not because it's reached that point of, of, of like no 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 return yeah. or anything like that, because that would be ridiculous. But just players suddenly belief that even seems to have dented to that extent that they don't want to take risks, and I think that's a big thing for Klopp. You know, encouraging his players that it's okay, you know you, you can make mistakes and it's not the end of the world. That you know you're not going to you know be barracked from the stands and all the rest of it. You know, you can get back to that. You know, the freedom that Liverpool played within the autumn, where they seem to be playing on instinct and and just having that that bravery to try things, and it was it was coming off. So, and Liverpool just need one big result to to, to get that feeling back again. Well, let's hope it comes on Tuesday. Um, we'll all be there, us three. Yeah. We'll, that's the dream team, isn't it, for tomorrow night? So hopefully we'll be bringing you on Thursday, Andy. Probably Thursday. Well, 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 maybe Wednesday. We'll maybe see Wednesday. how we go. There you go. Could be an extraordinary, uh, extraordinary podcast meeting. <laughs> um, hopefully, we'll be bringing you some good, positive vibes from from Anfield on on Tuesday night and looking ahead to Hull at the weekend. Which Liverpool, I'm telling you now, no matter what happens, they're going to get beat at Hull. <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. Um, sorry to end on that note, but hopefully you've enjoyed listening and join us again later in the week for more. Thanks very much.